Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Molly Williams. Hello, Molly. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> How are you? Knees <laughs> <laughs> still bothering me. It's it's getting better. Yeah. But I just feel creaky. My left knee it's is still a little stiff. It just takes a couple blocks to get things going. Uh-huh. I I feel like I'm getting my groove back. I'm getting there, but it's I'm eh, I'm not there yet. Uh-huh. It's frustrating. It sounds like it's kind of fits and starts with your knee. <sighs> it's consistently Oh, bad, but it's better. So today I graded it at my own scale of three out of 10 on a pain. Oh. So sometimes I'm a two, sometimes I'm four, oh. but I used to be seven or an eight. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was like, I couldn't hardly walk. So, you know, it's better. I just, it's not a zero. You were very stoic because when we went on those walks and you oh, were yeah. seven or eight, it wasn't until afterwards that you'd be like the next day, you'd be like, oh yeah, that hurt a lot. And it doesn't show in your face at all. Yeah, it, that's true. I am stoic, and it, uh-huh. it did hurt a lot. Yeah, uh-huh. and it hurts at night. Uh, uh-huh. But right right now, I've got some ibuprofen on board, and I'm feeling fine. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's steady improvement, uh, and that's what I'm going with. But none of us know what tomorrow is going to bring. I'm going to assume I'm going to write my own story that tomorrow is going to be better, and things are going to get better, and uh-huh. just move forward that direction. All right. What else well, can you do, right? Yep. Good attitude. Yeah. So- sounds like a person who has a couple decades under her belt it sounds like you know i'm nothing if not resilient (laughs) (laughs) all right well we are here in portland oregon on uh august 16th and we are a mere five days away from (laughs) the solar eclipse the darkness is coming (laughs) yes exactly it's like a a game of thrones episode so yes so solar eclipse frenzy is reaching its peak here in oregon Um, And, um, you know, it's so funny. So for months, I have been very aware of this. I mean, it's been on the local news a lot, a lot, a lot. And but it seems like just now are certain other parts of, you know, I realize it's not just in Oregon. The path of totality is going from uh, Newport, Oregon, all the way to South Carolina. Which we hardly hear about. It seems like it's only happening in Oregon. Oregon, Oregon, I I don't know. I think I don't know whether it's because I mean, are there I'm going to ask this blatantly are there other states that um have legal marijuana that's in the path of totality that's what i want to know because i can't help but wonder why are so many people coming to oregon well i think they're going to a lot of places Uh, maybe they're coming to oregon because well maybe we just think they're coming to oregon maybe Mm -hmm. they're really just going to all sorts of places because one of the guys i heard on npr who's a real eclipse watcher he's going to wyoming oh uh because it's more likely to be clear Right. He's yep. got a whole plan about being in Wyoming. Yeah, I heard I heard part of that too. But then there was also there was a story in the New York Times about, you know, oh gosh, I now forget what state it is, but the this town like sort of thought about announcing like we're in the path of totality, come visit us and they were like, Yeah, no, we don't have the resources. Whereas so mm. many places here in Oregon don't have the resources, no. but they are like hitching up their belts mm-hmm. and bringing in the porta potties the white walkers are coming <laughs> <laughs> it's too late to build the wall they're coming <laughs> i don't watch game of thrones but i sense that's a reference yeah <laughs> um, so bring the dragons <laughs> um so yeah but and i mean uh i mean you know a couple i don't know maybe six weeks ago five weeks ago um a company in seattle asked um us to come up there for a meeting on Monday morning, the 21st. I'm like, uh, 
I can't leave no. Portland. Uh, oh, heavens, I can't no. go. That's the eclipse. And, and you know, most of the team AMR is in Denver. And they're like, uh, what do you mean you can't go to the meeting because of the eclipse? I'm like, uh, it's the eclipse. Enough said. And um, well, there's only one route in and out of Washington, really. It's I-5. I-5. And everybody from Washington who wants to see the eclipse is coming down I-5 to Oregon. And then they're going to head home. It's going to be a, a literal parking lot. Oh, yeah. And, and the I-5 bridge uh, out of Portland is gridlock on a regular day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody's going anywhere. Oh, yeah. No, uh-uh. I mean, uh, so uh, so John is in a, um, as you know, because I've told you about our runs, is in a two-week uh, yet another musical theater camp. It is half day and it is on the other side of the river, which means, oh my goodness, I have to drive more than eight minutes to get there. <laughs> the, the benchmark for a long drive by Portland standards. And um, so, and his camp is um, from nine to 12. And so on Monday, I'm like, well, one, I'm going to check to make sure that they're going to let the kids watch it. Oh, for sure. And then um, at least during, you know, the, the, I don't know what they call the, the main part of it and uh, the sweet spot of it and um but already i'm like okay how can i get there without taking like how can i get there on back roads you know so i'm like oh am i gonna take the steel bridge i think that might be my and then i'm like well you know i have we had an ice storm here um when i was trying to conceive the twins and we were going to infertility treatments over not too far from where this camp is and there was a just it was that huge ice storm in uh 2000 uh, four and I walked over there oh. and so it's not that you know it just seems far away mm-hmm. so I'm like well worst case scenario I'll just walk to get John yeah, um, so. yeah totally. <laughs> um, but uh, so you are going down to Corvallis you are being one of the people on I-5 yeah I'm gonna leave a really early Sunday morning like six mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning because <clears throat> then I think I can beat traffic um, my daughter Lane goes to OSU, <clears throat> so she lives in Corvallis. And hey, I, I pay for a house in Corvallis. I might as well go. <laughs> you own a it, second right? home. Yeah, <laughs> you rent a second home in Corvallis, Oregon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I put in a request that I would like a bed. Uh, she said, "We'll see what we can do." <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go down there, and then OSU is having a big festival with mm. uh, with a concert and all sorts of stuff going on. So we'll go to that, and then see the eclipse in the morning. And then my idea is to just have the car packed and get on the road and get going because mm. I'm supposed to be at work at two o'clock. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Hope your boss isn't listening. Well, but, uh... so, uh, so Dr. Patty Smith, who's working for me in the morning, she said, hey, I'm going to be there all day just in case you don't make it yeah. back. So uh, yeah. we, we have, have that uh-huh. in place. And Ellie wanted to go with me. Your um, youngest daughter. Down uh-huh. to the Eclipse. Yeah, my youngest daughter. She's a lifeguard at Irvington Pool and they have swim lessons that morning. I'm like, no one is showing up for those swim lessons. Right. Yeah, goggles are not solar eclipse viewing oh, glasses. Do you think there's one parent there that's going to go to the pool with their kid? No, they're going to be at home or OMSI or you know the Science right. Museum or someplace with them. But anyway, she has to work. So oh she's not able to go. And I'm oh, really, really bummed. Oh. And we kind of brainstormed about you know her calling in sick and that kind of thing and, and she's just I'm just not that kid I just can't do it oh that's wonderful though that she has that it work is, ethic it is good and um yeah and I said no you're not that kid my brother yeah. used to make me call in sick for him when he worked at the supermarket <laughs> down um the supermarket that my mother shopped at and now that I'm grown up I do realize my mother and I have somewhat similar voices but I would call in and act like I was Margaret Bowen saying that my son <laughs> Charles couldn't come into work today <laughs> 
<laughs> so so my brother back then didn't have that gene now he's a fine upstanding attorney in atlanta um but um but then also yeah i mean you talking about um hopping on i-5 to go down to corvallis um so every sunday morning you know this that i drive um, north on i-5 to go swimming in mm-hmm. the lovely Kleinline pond mm-hmm. when you're in town you join me um but yeah i go up there and i do my short run and then swim and I don't know. I'm already thinking I might have to no, bail it. Like don't a, do it. There'll yeah. be so many people there watching the eclipse too. Oh, so that's Sunday though. Oh, the day oh, before. oh you're, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I'm like, I think I'm going to. You might be okay. Uh, yeah. Cause usually I leave at about seven thirty, and I might just shift it a little earlier. Like I might try to leave at six. Yeah. Yeah. And if then I'm get, just going to look on ways and see what it says. If you get stuck in traffic, you get stuck in traffic. Yeah. I think more, I would check ways. And if it says it's a long time. Although I guess it would be coming back that I'd be stuck in that, traffic. Oh, that's going to be the hard part because there's only the two bridges to get in. But, but mm-hmm. you know, go to the bathroom before you start out <laughs> on your journey. Have a large mouth <laughs> jar with you in the car. <laughs> <laughs> or you just take care of business. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you're thinking outside the box, but <laughs> you will have just been in a pond. <laughs> So, um, and I do have to say, speaking of eclipse glasses, I want to give a shout out to Christine, who I, um, who's a local mother runner who, uh, so the Multnomah County Library, our wonderful uh, county library system was giving out eclipse viewing glasses. And then they ran out of them. And I yeah. got because you could only pick up as many as people you had with you. So like, you know, mm. we're a family of five, and I only had Daphne with me. So we could only get two. So I'm like, Oh, I still need three. So I stopped in there on Monday and they're like oh yeah we're out and they had a list of like the few libraries that still had them I'm like yeah I'm not driving that far to get them and as I'm walking out the door of the library there's Christine and told her my lament and she goes oh we have three extra pairs at home do you want them and she lives between the library and my house like it was perfection it was divine providence so um so Jack and Daphne headed to Chicago on Monday night where um, they will still be through next Tuesday. So I put the two pairs of the glasses in an envelope and sealed them and told Jack to not puncture them and to treat them nicely. Because, mm. um, man, they're taking that whole sol- the solar glasses thing seriously. Like I heard, Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... You don't want to go blind. Yeah, no, I don't want mm-hmm. to go blind. Yeah, no, no. So, um, but I don't know. It just seems like they're really playing up the safety of it. Yeah, I stopped by and the... And scare lab- tactics work for me. Yeah. Good good yeah. uh i stopped by the library to pick up glasses and they were out yeah and i thought of all the people that got there before me <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> in not such nice terms uh, but i got my set from uh oregon tourism uh-huh. they had it on their website but so i got one set for myself and i think i'll just have to buy some uh-huh. they have them at fred meyer for john oh. and the kids and then that the uh corvallis event they're gonna have glasses oh okay so oh, i right. should be able to get some there all right yeah yeah, and nobody will be smoking pot at that Corvallis event. I don't, not at all, right? Oh my gosh, it's going to be they, like a haze. They're not allowed to smoke outside. Oh. <laughs> Why yeah. would they do that? That wouldn't that wouldn't be right. There's a beer garden. There's not a pot garden. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> there's not a sanctioned pot garden. Uh, I mean, we have to say that sales. I mean, the stores here are just supposedly. I mean, the news says they're just selling like gangbusters. Pot pot oh yeah oh for yeah, the yeah. event yes oh. uh-huh. yeah so oh. back to my theory as to why people might be coming to oregon oh um, yeah. alex what do you think of that theory well then they're not going to be driving home that's good yeah right 
let's like hope that. yeah my yeah. gosh let's hope they're not driving home after that yeah but of course molly's like of course they won't be driving home after that they're <laughs> not going to be smoking outside or driving home all the wildfire smoke just cleared up oh that's true yeah yeah, yeah. Right. like oh the haze <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness all right well let's jump into today's topic which was suggested by our guest uh coach amanda loudon aka another one of my co-hosts um she told me several months ago she wanted us to do a show about getting out of a training slump so I planned it for mid-August, uh, right about now, uh, with with Molly, you, as my sidekick, because I figured we'd be in the thick of training for Twin Cities Marathon. But that wasn't meant to be for you, Molls. Um, but the topic is still a relevant one for a lot of mother runners who are signed up for a fall race. Coach Amanda will join us after this quick break. Welcome, Coach Amanda. Do you have your guest hat on? I do. I do. This is a fun way to come onto the show. Oh, good. Good. Thanks. Well, how are you doing, Amanda? I'm all right. How about you, Molly? Oh, don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> it's always something. It's always something. But before we jump into the main topic, <laughs> um, I've, I hear that you're coming out for Hood to Coast. Uh, have you ever done that race before? No, I've never even done a Ragnar. So um, oh. let's bring on Hood to Coast. And we are down one runner. So let's bring on four legs of Hood to Coast. And uh, we'll see what happens. You can't get another runner? Yeah, you can't. Did you try to find a replacement? Um, you know, we've been trying. We, we were originally at ten, and we were going to try it at ten, and and then we talked to a couple of um, guys around here who have won it, who have run it at several times, and they are super fast guys, and they're like, "You are high if you're going to just you know go out there and try this." <laughs> well, it is Oregon, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we started trying to find more people, and and just and we kind of wanted to keep it. For one, we didn't want to find anyone in Portland because we didn't want to end up in the situation of then having to find three volunteers on top of it all. The last oh, minute. right. Okay. All right. Because I thought yeah. you were a little disrespecting Weird. of Portlanders there for a second. But that, no, but no, the, no, the no, logistics are if you have somebody within what is, if your team has any teammates within what, something like, like 100 miles? Maybe yeah. Something? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So then if you're, if you are, can be any way construed as local, they have you get, you have to um, recruit three volunteers. So that's what's keeping you from finding locals. Right, gotcha. right. Mm-hmm. So we just, we've been scrambling here on the ground and we found one, you know, last minute um, woman to, to, to add onto our team. And plus we're, another mm. issue is we are a full master's women's team. So, mm. you know, we've made it not easy. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and she needed to have one blue eye and one brown eye right, and right. <laughs> a scar yes. on her forearm. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So here we are, and um, yeah, it's eleven of us, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> It'll so. be nutty. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I did it a few years. Well, I don't know, five six years ago now. I had a great time. Did you? Know. you? Oh yeah, yeah, it's just like summer camp. You know, you're you're stinky and. <laughs> <laughs> tired and slap happy and we had a great time yeah, I, yeah i've done it i've done the hood to coast nine times so nine is, times wow nine you've times. done nine times yeah oh my I, gosh. I used to do it a lot before i lived here i would come up here on a media um oh. uh team and actually dimity and i got to be on a media team together and that was a riot <laughs> Oh my gosh, one of the greatest ones. So Dimity, there she is, you know, all almost six foot four of her huff, hoofing up this hill. You know, there's a lot of hills, as you know, in the Hood to Coast, or at least I hope you know, Amanda. Yeah. Um, and because uh, you go over two co- you go over two mountain ranges. Right. Well, you go down one. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, and, uh, you go up one, then you go down one. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, and so we had this um, 
very short male journalist in our van who has a I lot of it was. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Yeah. And he has a lot of enthusiasm and he has a very good heart. And um, but gosh, he got out and was just running alongside of Dimity, and it was in my mind, it was like a corgi running alongside like Aww. a great dane. <laughs> and the great dane finally was like, I'm going to stomp on you if you don't get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh if i because she told me who it was before so now oh my goodness that's funny yeah, yeah 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 so i mean because it um you know it's it's challenging it is it is a lot of fun but it is um you know you get a little you go definitely through phases you get very elated you get kind of grouchy you get mm-hmm. tired you get very punch drunk um, yeah so. the time. Uh, kevin hart is he doing it this year Oh, yeah, oh, right. He? he did it last year. Kevin, yeah. yeah. He was just so nice about doing it last year. He's just had such great things to say about Portland and the race and uh-huh. and the people that were in it. I, I think he might be doing it again. Oh, really? Because he was definitely all over social media. Yeah. He, did it. he just seems like such a nice guy. Well, anyway, yeah. he'll have a good time. he was on Nike team. Oh, that's true. He was, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, I was going to do it, but with the injury, rant, rant. Uh, Lucy's going to take my middle daughter's going to take my spot on our hood to Coastie. And so Lainey, my oldest and Lucy will both be running it and they're going to come to our house and, you know, have spaghetti and stuff and I'll host Uh the rest. And yeah, that's great. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, uh, another race related question for you this time from Kim on the AMR Facebook I remember Coach Amanda didn't run Boston by choice. How did that decision help her running motivation and current training? Can you discuss how we sometimes need a break from races? Yeah, kind of um, leads us into our topic. Yeah, so, um, th- I mean, that particular um, decision for me this year, uh, I, it really just came around because, I mean, I, I, I had lost my dad a couple of months prior to, to Boston, and I'd come off of a winter, well, a December-ish, little bit of a layoff and everything together. And then I ended up getting sick. Um, everything to me was saying, your body's not up for this right now. And mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes we need to recognize that. And sometimes we need to recognize that there are a lot of other factors that go into our health and um, and what our bodies can handle, what kind of stress they can handle. And so um, I think that's one of the things sometimes we all need to be aware of and, and thinking beyond just the, the the race training and thinking about all the other factors that are that are weighing on us in a given time. So if you're going through, you know, major events in your life, you know, job changes or, you know, family changes or whatever it might be, sometimes they're just too it's just too much stress for your body and, and you know and, and lack of enthusiasm, exhaustion, illness, injury, those are all signs that, you know, that your body isn't keeping up. And so I think that's a good time to say, maybe I need to dial back and let a race go. And I am mm-hmm. such a firm believer in the idea that there is always another race. There is always yeah. another race. It's never worth pushing through a race and, and you know, ending up really sidelined for a long time. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, now I can say, I mean, I kind of just like went through that time period without any kind of training plan, without any races on my schedule other than hood to coast. I, do, I put nothing on my plate. And got myself through it to the point where this spring I was kind of like, okay, now I'm feeling energized again. I'm feeling, um, you know, excited to train. And um, I'm at a point right now where I feel like I'm, I'm absolutely at my fittest point right now that I've been this year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And I'm feeling pretty pumped about where my fitness level is and excited to race hood to coast. And so so I, I think it was absolutely the right decision for me at that time. And, and you know, I encourage others to, to keep those factors in mind. Hmm. 
Yeah. Do you have anything else on your agenda now that you're feeling better? Um, I, I, I um, I'm going to definitely do a couple of trail races this fall. Um, huh, somewhat, somewhat, somewhat toying with a 50k at the end of October, but I'm wow. not going to commit. Not going to commit right now. I just want to kind of see how things continue. I mean, I'm I'm at a good base level of mileage right now where it wouldn't be that hard to ramp up to that. So um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so as I said in the intro, this topic was your idea, Amanda. Um, as a longtime coach, what prompted you to suggest it? Um, I suspect it's something you hear from your clients. Absolutely. I think it's something everyone's going to go through at some point in time. And I think it's something that you're probably going to go through um, on a, a you know minor level at least um, anytime you're training for a marathon. I mean, it's a long, you're committing to a long training period. And no matter how much you love running, um, when you're doing it this much, you know, just like anything, you're going to get a little tired of it. And I think training slumps for the most part um, are mental, um, but mm. but to be expected. So, um, so yeah, so I think it's just something that, that a lot of people go through and they question themselves and, and, and you know, it's, it's worthwhile to have um, a few strategies to help pull you, pull yourself out of them. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think shouldn't I think, feel like they're the only one going through that. Exactly, exactly. Right. And I also think I also think for um, particularly maybe newer runners or people resuming running, I think a half marathon can feel as daunting as maybe a marathon would to you or me. I, I agree. I agree with that. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Anytime you're, you know, returning to a lot of mileage or trying it for the first time, um, it's it's mentally and physically draining. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's only natural you're going to go, you know. It's going to have peaks and valleys, and you're going to go down into those valleys a few times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that sort of touches on the um, first question, and we're going to move into questions from our Facebook groups, um, both the main and other mother runner page, as well as the private train like a mother pages. Thank you, Amanda, for getting those for us. So Lisa, um, like I said, she, she wants to know how common it is uh, a training slump is. And um, she says, I think I always have at least a week or two. Maybe it's tiredness, busyness, a sore, like hip, shin, foot, et cetera, or general malaise that crushes me. I mean, how how would you define what a training slump is? Yeah, I, I, again, I, I think it's it's going to be more than anything, it's going to be mental, just kind of like a mental, um, you know, feeling, you know, just worn down, tired, not enthusiastic. Um, you know, there could be some physical things going along with it, like she mentions, you know, just just general malaise and, and, and maybe some soreness, tiredness. Um, that can be part of it, but I kind of want people to identify the fact that I, I, I think when we're talking about a training slump, it is more um, mental, um, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit, of, little bit of physical thrown in there, but it's, I, I think for the purposes of this podcast, I think it's, I want to say it's, it's more of a, a mental um, place that you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So Molly, you've got to read the next question because I think this mother runner who's asking it is your doppelganger. Oh yeah. Why <laughs> is that? She, ha- she hates everything. Is that what it is? <laughs> just, just her tone kind of reminds me of you. Uh, okay. All right. So Leona, Leona, the, the very wise ass. Uh, I'm struggling a little bit at the moment in the middle of my half marathon training. 
I was so excited at the beginning, and in some ways I still am because every long run is farther than I've ever run before, but then sometimes for the midweek runs, I'm thinking, this is so boring. I can't believe I have to run again. I just did this yesterday. I keep pushing myself, telling myself I'll feel better afterwards, but any other tips would be great. Well, I'm just, uh, can I just say something first, Amanda? Sure. No, no, you're right. You did just run yesterday. <laughs> and it is boring. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but i'll uh i got a couple of things to say one is that i think that there is some i really enjoy the pleasure of discomfort to understand oh. discomfort yeah i know and to go into that and understand why you're discomforted and sit with it and be try to be calm with the discomfort so go ahead and be bored acknowledge your board and see if you can find peace with the boredom and um then two is, you know, you're doing a half marathon training and this may be your first half marathon. Like I'm up to a solid four miles this morning. I got to tell you, I mean, when I first started running and I got to six miles, it was like this, I, I wanted to hide under the bed. I was so like fatigued. It, it could just be, even though it doesn't seem like a lot of miles compared to people that are doing marathons, it could be that, you know, you really are doing a lot of miles for you and your body's tired and you know, go ahead and respect that. And, you know, there's other questions in here that we'll get into like when to pull back and stuff. But, you know, everybody's an individual and uh, don't, uh, don't feel disheartened. You're not mm -hmm. the only one to have gone through this. I've been there too. Oh, high five there, Malls. High five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amanda, take it over. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, so let's give her, I mean, a few other tips too. Um, you know, if you, if you do want to keep getting out the door, um, you know, again, remind yourself this is natural that you are going to be feeling this. But um, you know, think about um, you know th ways to shake things up. So um, you know, varying your routes, um, maybe hitting a trail for something different. Um, you know, maybe looking for someone, a running partner that you might be able to meet up with. Um, or if you normally run with people, run by yourself. Um, just any kind of variety you can throw into the mix um, is, is definitely um, helpful and can make it a little more enjoyable. Um, if you're a competitive person, you know, this, this works for some people, but maybe not others. But if you are a competitive person, think about the fact that, you know, hey, my competition's out there training <laughs> and, I'm, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not. You know, so, you know, if that helps motivate you, you know, by all means, use it. Um, you know, think about how how much you want a particular time, and that if you're not going to put in the training, you're not going to get that time, and and try to visualize how that might feel at the end of training or at the end of race day. So, um, yeah, there there are a lot of different ways to approach it. Um, just just try to you know shake things up a little bit there as much as you mm -hmm. can. Yeah, well, uh, on our Facebook page, um, I really like this fun solution that came from Michaela and she said I'm training for a half and had my first double digit run congratulations Michaela I took pictures along the way and showed what a 10 mile run looks like in my new town pics of kids schools city hall funny mailbox horses and of course hills so I thought that was kind of fun to make it like oh I'm a tourist in this new town I've moved to or if you go on a mm -hmm. new route or something like that I mean you and I sometimes Molly will try to go to like Oh, that, that new park that we call yep. the you know that finds some or oh we hear there's a new water fountain or like the <laughs> construction project that we want to look at so you mm -hmm. know kind of have a, a agenda no matter how kind of minor it is yeah sometimes yeah. I'll think about you landscaping 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, like how people do their flower boxes and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that didn't work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For my own flower boxes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my friend and I, a couple of weeks ago, we did something we've never done. I mean, we, we've been running together for all these years. And um, for our long run, it was really early in the morning. We snuck onto a golf course and ran all 18 <laughs> holes of the pathways of the golf course. Oh, and wow. it was really enjoyable because it just it was new terrain, new sites, things we'd never done before. Yeah, a little undulation, no cars. Uh-huh. Yeah, and we kind of, we kind of felt, you know, like bandits. So it was, it was kind oh, of yeah. you kind of are though, right? They don't yeah. like that, do they? I don't think they do. But it was five thirty in the morning, so oh, I yeah. Don't, yeah, no one said anything to us, and we were we were off the course, you know, before uh-huh. any golfers were hitting. So yeah, uh-huh. well, that's uh-huh. a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. fun. <laughs> um, okay, so Hannah, Melissa, and Laura all asked the same great question, but they highlighted it in different ways. So um, I'm going to read all three. They're pretty short, but bear with me. So Hannah says, I always seem to struggle with the difference between feeling run down and overtraining. I tend to get a slump mid-training cycle. I have a hard time knowing when I should take a break or scale back and when I should push through. And then Melissa says, I second this. I think I underestimated how taxing it is to train for a marathon, especially compared to a half marathon. Sometimes I wonder if I just need to work in an extra rest day or if being tired and hungry, all capital letters, is just part of the training. And finally, Laura says, I have a hard time sometimes distinguishing between physical exhaustion and mental fatigue, meaning am I just sleep deprived and feeling the effects of training hard and long, or is it all in my head struggling with balance, work, life, being a mom, needing some prehab for the brain, not just the body? Yeah, so, um, you know, this is kind of going to go back to what we talked about earlier and, and, you know, being tired, being hungry, feeling harried, um, all those things in the midst of all that you are balancing is very normal and to be expected. Um, I think, you know, if you're if you are wondering, could I possibly be heading into overtraining versus just normal, you know, fatigue from training? Um, I, I think most programs um, are going to be written so that you don't overtrain. And if you're following the programs and taking the rest days, not adding on extra mileage, not ramping up your paces beyond what you're supposed to, um, you are probably in the safe zone and not overtraining. Um, you know, and, and one other caveat I would add to that is if you aren't, you know, maybe like on your third marathon in a row um, mm-hmm. in the past year or something like that too, you know, keep keep an eye on that because because that can easily lead to just, you know, general, you know, overtraining. Um, so, you know, th- th- those are, I guess, some guidelines to say, you know, are you are you just tired and, and experiencing the normal part of training or are you overtraining? So um, take measure so of those ba- things. So basically they should follow train like a mother club plans, which will prevent them from being overtrained. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I saw um, on our Facebook page, people were talking whether, I don't remember whether it was in this um, string of comments or not, but somebody was saying how they had three half marathons and it was like, you know, like one on the tw- September 24th, October 7th, and like, I don't know, October 21st or something. And I just was like, wow, that's a lot of half marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that can leave you a little mentally burned out, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These two bammers have similar questions about the possibility of ditching or cutting short runs to find, to refine enjoyment. Melissa asks, when to back off running a little when you're on say week 11 so that you can reset and find that love of running that has become more like a chore 
and Jen says, training for my first full and last week on Friday, I had a run. I really struggled with knowing whether I'd be better skipping. It was an easy short run. Everything was sore and I was exhausted, but I struggled deciding whether skipping it was the best choice just uh, or just me wimping out. I did it, but then yesterday for my long run, I felt really awful and struggled most of the run. Luckily, it was a cutback week, so I was able to get through the miles, but it was not a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, a common conundrum, you know, to, to, to be, you know, tired and beaten down and we all feel guilt when we skip runs and, you know, so what do you do? Um, I think, you know, if you're really feeling tired and you've been very consistent with your training and you've got a short run in front of you, feel free to skip it and take it off the plate mm. and give yourself that mental physical break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, w- w- with Melissa's, I think it's a little more, I mean, if you're, um, you're in week 11, which, um, in, you know, whether it's a half marathon or a marathon, you're, you're getting into the heavy duty parts of training. Um, you know, again, if you want to take a couple of days off, um, in there and you've been consistent with your running, it, you know, that can, that can definitely help you hit reset and, and feel refreshed a little bit. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but also recognize you are in the heaviest loads of training and this is where the biggest benefits are going to come from. So, you know, if you can at all, you know, kind of mentally push through it, you know, try to, try to do so. Mm-hmm. You're sore for a reason. You're sore right. and bored because mentally you need to push through that. Yeah. And physically you need to push through that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're where you should be at week yeah. 11. Yeah. 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 And also, I, I, so I ran, um, as you know, because I tweeted to you, Amanda, I ran 20 on Saturday. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, and then the next morning had to run four miles. And gosh, <laughs> lifting my foot for those, for that first step of those four yeah. miles, that's one of the hardest steps of the entire week. Absolutely. But it's, but, but it's, you know, you just tell yourself that come race day, you're not going to have had a 45 mile week. You know, it's not going to be the end of a 45 mile week like that four mile run was for me on Sunday. Exactly. You know, that you're going to, that you're going to have rested and that it's this constant, you know, not constant, but a fairly consistent beating down of your body that makes you be stronger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that, um, uh, so I was talking with my um, the instructor who uh, leads the bar class that Miles and I take, and I've been skipping it the past couple of weeks because I just I'm supposed to run six miles on Thursday with some strides, and it's just like, oh, I can't do that plus an hour long bar class. And I was, she was like, oh no no no, I think the work it does for your back and your hips and you know your glutes, you know, is so good for you. And I'm like, yeah, but right now I really need to be getting that sandwich of runs on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that I'm really on this plan with you, I'm really seeing the importance of those three days sandwiched together in the middle of the week that that create um, that breakdown that helps then my body rebuild to be stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And she can go back to the strength training when she's done with the marathon, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I, I think it's too much to try to do yeah. all the cross training that you were doing prior to a training plan mm-hmm. with the training plan. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing the one day of strength training on Mondays. Um, and I feel it's really, really helping me. But as I told Ashley, I'm like Monday and Fridays are the days that I can play with. Mm-hmm. And, um, that that's not the day that she offers bar class. So I don't do it. So, <laughs> um, so, um, so Amanda asked a great, not you, Amanda, but another, yes. another Amanda asked a great follow up to, um, to Jen and um, Melissa's question. She says, 
Actually, that's my question. She said, when I when you've had several crappy weeks of training, how do you salvage what's left of your training plan? And for Amanda, she, um, her goal race is in late October with a quote-unquote fun half in mid-September. I don't doubt I can finish them, but does there remain any hope of improving my times or should I now just shift my focus to finishing with a smile on my face? Yeah, so, I think I think she's still got plenty of time ahead and I think it's mm. fine and I think... Um, I, I kind of hear her mentally giving in right now, and 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 mm-hmm. I, and I want to say, Amanda, don't do it. Um, you know, keep keep fighting, keep fighting. You're you're you've got plenty of gains to be had still. Um, and re- remember too, we're still in the middle of summer. It's still yucky, crappy timing <laughs> to be training and training lots of miles. Um, and you know, we're really getting close to September, and hopefully, we're all going to be getting a little bit of a weather break at that point. And hopefully, you're going to be feeling a little bit better by then. Um, you know, it, and, and I, don't, I don't know exactly how you're defining your crappy weeks of training um, also, but, um, you know, a, a few crappy weeks of training um, doesn't have to, to tank everything. So, so hang mm-hmm. in there and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully come September, I'm going to hear that things are turning around for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also remember that, like, things, it's like flipping coins. Things can change at any point. You know, just because you get three heads in a row doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get a tail the next time or, you know, whatever. That, that, you know, like just a crappy run last Saturday and on Wednesday and on Thursday doesn't mean that this Saturday's run is going to be crappy. Absolutely. And, and, and I think I, I always, whenever I marathon train, I always, um, it is a given that one of those 20 milers is going to be a miserable mm-hmm. experience. I mean, I just, I just like, I just account for that every time. And once I've had it, it's almost good because it's out of the way. And I know that yep. <laughs> the next 20 is going to be better. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I had a coach back in 2009 uh, and she, I, my last long run before my goal race was just, oh, it was just a slog. It was 17 miles. It was so dreadful. And she's like, that's awesome. Now we know that you got it out of the way and on race day, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. Positive yeah, spin. Yeah. I can always, I always welcome positive spins. And it worked. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, okay. So given the relationship that Molly and I have, this question from Monica hit home with me. Um, she says, I feel like I've done fairly well staying motivated so far, but my training partner isn't enjoying running lately and would love to know how to help her through the slump, which I feel is wonderfully empathetic. That um, is, it's, it's really nice. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough one because I think you have to know um, your friend and know what what um, types of things might motivate her. What kind of carrots you can dangle, um, you know? I mean, if you guys have time to set up a coffee date after one of your runs every week, you know, maybe that'll that'll help get her out the door. That you, something you guys can look forward to when the run's finished. Um, you know, acai like, bowls, acai bowls. That yeah. works for Molly and me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, little things. I mean, I think it needs to be little things, and um, you know, again, again, varying up some of your routes, um, trying some different things, some different terrain, um, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, look for those little little things that you can, you know, throw in there um, to to just kind of make her happy and and, mm-hmm. and and help her get through it. Um, and and remind her that it's that it's natural and, and temporary, hopefully. And I wonder what the slump's about. Like, is she feeling like she's having a hard time keeping up? I've I've been there. In which case, uh, what Sarah and I did is when we would have to do, uh, not sprints, what would you call them? Tempo like, runs. Tempo runs, yeah. So she would run ahead, I'd run behind, and then she'd turn back around 
and then you know pick me back up and then we'd keep going together or mm-hmm. I'd catch up with her later I mean we found ways around it or we do hill repeats you know where we could like kind of go at our own pace and then wind up at the end so maybe yeah. she finds out yeah what what the issue is there's workarounds with your training partner you don't have to be at the same spot and you know mm-hmm. that's okay right mm-hmm. I mean Absolutely. I hate Sarah a little for being healthy but you know I, <laughs> but I'm also really really proud of her <laughs> and I wouldn't expect her to do anything but her best effort um, and my my response was to just tell a lot of jokes just so tell a lot good. of jokes let her talk for a change how about that let her get a word in edgewise that's the problem I let you find four pennies today Molly <laughs> that's true you did still talking about it too <laughs> Um, (laughs) oh my goodness all right okay so uh here is a logistic question from melinda she asks i think my slump is not directly running related but rather i become down when running becomes the unwanted casualty of competing priorities i'm a working mom of two small kids and my husband travels two weeks per month I have to move mountains to get in my workouts. What should I do? Oh, Melinda, you've got a lot going on. Yeah, definitely. I know what you're going to I know what you're going to say, Amanda. Go for it. Uh, um, Yeah, you're juggling a lot. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's, um, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes running is the first thing that's going to go. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think you know, for anyone who is in that place, especially with, with young children. And, and I mean, and I've got a husband who travels and I can remember when my kids were little and he was traveling and how tough that was. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think one thing you need to remind yourself of is that there are seasons in life and that this may not be your season to PR a marathon. Um, and you know, do what you can do. Don't beat yourself up. Um, you know, and, and, you know, a couple of years down the road, things might be changing, you know, and, and life will be getting simpler and you're going to reach an age where your kids can, you can leave them at home and you can go out for that run while they're asleep or whatever it might be. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so just, you know, I think try not to beat yourself up. Um, and you know, if, if worst case scenario, if you need to dial back to a shorter race or something, you know, during this particular season of life, um, it's okay. Uh, you know, but, but, hang in there do the best you can with what you've got right now uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah and like you said about seasons you think you're going to have little kids forever you're not mm-hmm. you yeah. think that things are never going to change and they will and yeah. just if it's beating you up let it go honey yeah <laughs> there's plenty of time yeah yeah it's not it's not worth um it's not it's, it's not worth like letting that stretch you out you know to an extreme um you know, mm-hmm. if you're, and, if you're and don't you fun. look back at the silly things you did when your kids were little and you're like, why did I do that? Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I totally do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Donna has a scheduling question too. How, also, how to get yourself back when you miss a whole week due to whatever? Best way to look at a plan and how to jump back into it? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I want to say, I mean, one week, I don't consider that a big deal breaker. Um, oh. And, you know, I, I, I think if you... want to maybe lop off a couple of um, miles to each of, you know, like, so say you've taken a week off and you're coming back into the program on a Tuesday. And if you want to, you know, take a couple miles off Tuesday and Wednesday's runs, make them a couple miles shorter each, and then kind of return to normal training for the rest of the week on out, I think that's totally fine. I, I, 
I don't consider a week a big deal. Um, I don't want to see you missing big, you know, a whole week multiple times during a training program. That's what's going to sink your ship. Um, but if it's one week, um, you know, in the in the midst of eighteen or fifteen, whatever it might be, it's 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we've definitely touched on the mental aspect of uh, training slumps, but Jenny brings up an interesting angle in, in her question. Um, she says, please talk about tips to stay true slash not lose confidence in what I've chosen to do. I'm a questioner by nature, so I'm having a hard time knowing that there are so many different routes to success. For example, the Train Like a Mother podcast really emphasizes how heart rate training is the way to success, but I'm not following a heart rate program at the moment. How can I turn off moments of doubt that creep in and make me wonder, am I doing this wrong? I think this is just my way of talking myself out of a speed workout or a circuit workout. So is this a classic mental slump to be expected? And I got to say this question for Jenny, re- like I, I re- she was speaking to me. I mean, I have been there so many times in training to be like, how hard do you hold on to your goals? And when to think like, like, oh, I'm being a wuss by not doing this as hard as I should. And, and does that mean I've, I've lost my grasp on it? You know, like, it's kind of like a holding a butterfly in your hands, you know, <laughs> like you don't want to squeeze too hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think, um, well, I think the heart rate training programs are great, but, um, but if you're not doing that one, then commit to, commit to the one that you are doing and don't overanalyze, don't look back, you know, I, I, and I totally get that personality type because I do that myself, um, but you just have to commit and move forward um, and trust, trust in the program, trust in the training. And if you're doing it, um, uh, you know, you're going to be okay. Um, you know, just as long as you're not having any of those, um, you know, symptoms of overtraining or anything else like that. I think you're fine and trust in the training. And this is why, this is why you chose a program so that you would have guidance and, and trust that it's designed for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, Danielle says, um, that this topic couldn't come at a better time for her. And she says, I'm, uh, she's in week eight of marathon training and she can honestly say she's in a slump. She says, I'm getting through the miles, but that's literally all I'm doing. Just getting through the miles and not enjoying my time out there or looking forward to them. I feel like I need to change up my run somehow, but I'm not sure how. My race seems so far away, to which Maureen chimed in with an excellent suggestion. Um, she says, run a race so you can actually see your progress. I'm training for the Chicago Marathon, and, I, and I'm getting, I was getting so discouraged. She was tired and hungry 24-7. She signed up for a 5K and had a great race that boosted her confidence. The next long run, I also changed my usual location, and now she, now Maureen has a whole new outlook. So, Yeah, I love that. I think that's a, an awesome way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, you can, you can throw in little uh, benchmarks along the way if you want for yourself. For instance... Um, you know, if you've got like a normal six mile route and, you know, I know, you know, in the training plans, there are a lot of, you know, runs in that, that general, um, vicinity of miles, mm-hmm. or you can even, you know, take it down to like four miles out of a certain route. And if like once a month you want to go out and just test yourself on it, you know, if you don't even want to commit to a whole race, doing a race, um, as Maureen suggested, you know, you, you can set up yourself um, to kind of measure progress that way, you know, so. Like Stra- like Strava does. My gosh, I was digging around on Strava this weekend. I mean, they slice and dice runs and it's just like, you don't even know you're doing it. But then if you do look and you're like, oh, okay, well that segment, you know, like here in Portland, the Springwater Corridor, you know, you could be like, oh, okay, well a month ago I ran it and this time, now I'm gonna see what I can do at this time. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's a great way to measure your progress and, and, and it, you know, maybe it will give you a little um, kick in the pants, you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and motivate you a little bit more to, to keep moving forward and, and see what more you can do, you know, look how far you've come mm-hmm. and what more can you do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think races are just so motivating in general, you know, to get you on a training plan and give you a goal and, yeah, to have those little spots along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one thing, hearkening back, Molly, to something you said about how really embracing the boredom of it. Mm-hmm. I was, well, I'm, was, I mulled over this topic while I was running 20 miles on Saturday. And <laughs> Had some time on your hands. Yeah, I did. I did. So, um, so I, I kept coming back to the idea of leaning into it. And mm-hmm. this is what you were saying about, so that, I, and I was telling you about this on our run this morning, Molly, that, that there's that big long stretch of the Springwater Corridor. It is this a bike paved bike path and running path and it's um it is long and straight and flat it used to be a railroad line and it is it's pretty but boy it's just you can see where you're going for the next i don't know three and a half four or five miles and i just thought get into a zone just get, look very far on the horizon i gave up looking for change which i realize is completely like unheard of shocking <laughs> and i just zoned out and because that's really to me, that's success when I can, in a marathon, get in the zone. And it's like, like I, I think of my vision as like a camera and I'm like dialing on the, and as I'm doing this, I'm holding my hand up and rotating it around, like, you know, like an actual 35 millimeter or whatever, and focusing it and trying to just really zoom in, stay focused on one thing ahead of you and just like kind of get tunnel vision and just go for it. Mm-hmm. And it, and it is... And instead of seeing it as boring, just as like, oh, this is re- this is really wonderful because there's no distractions. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, you know, it's it's the test and, pattern on the TV after it turns off. You know, back yeah. in the olden days. Yeah. You know, and and that that we don't let our brains just kind of flatline like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we always have something in front of our face, or we're with our family or friends or whatever. And so, I don't know the you know like Sheryl Sandberg says, you know, to lean in. Yeah, and it takes practice too. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and and it's really sometimes it can happen, and sometimes you can't force it. But um, when it can happen, it's it's pleasurable in its own unique way. Yeah, it's kind of like spacing out. Like I love spacing well, it's out. It's like a, it's a meditation. It yeah. is. Yeah, like yeah. if you can sit in a chair and just kind of zone out when you're listening to your breathing and you're just letting it all go. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I try to, to do that with my four mile run. <laughs> I well, I'm totally out of practice, and it's the whole monkey mind thing. I'm like, okay, I'm focused on my breathing. Oh, groceries, kids. Focus on the breathing. <laughs> I could I could hang on to it for like honestly like five seconds. I'm, Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So finally, we have two questions about after the race. First up is Michelle, and Marissa is on a similar wavelength. Uh, Michelle says, I always struggle after I've accomplished a goal. How do you come up with a new goal to keep you going versus just calling it complete? I found it hard to get focused. Uh, focus dedication right after a fantastic race. Any tips for regenerating that passion? And Melissa asks, how Marissa. do you, mm-hmm. Oh, Marissa, thank you. Ask, how do you overcome the post-training slump? Every time I train and run a big race, I always get bummed for a few weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, it's totally natural to go through that, 
that post-training slump. I mean, you've been you know working for all these months toward this big goal. Now it's over. It's it's you know it's kind of like a wedding. You plan it for all these months. <laughs> yeah. You have your wedding, and then there's a letdown. And now you're stuck with the husband. Oh, all you newlyweds out there, we're just we're just, just joking. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know it's it's very 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 natural and I think you need to just kind of give into that though and 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 again another lean into it kind of thing you know embrace it for a while because that actual um, that you need to kind of go through that first I think and you need to not put something immediately on your schedule um, because knee jerk reactions right after races I think usually don't have good outcomes I think that um, you know I mean it's I mean how many times do you hear of people I mean and I did this 20 years ago first marathon you come off your first marathon you are so pumped you are so excited you are ready to just jump right back in and go after you know another training cycle and I think that's a recipe for, you know, burnout, injury, all kinds of things. And I think that, so you need to take a little bit of, of you know, time and just go out for a few easy runs and, and just, you know, enjoy yourself out there with no plan, no goals. And then, you know, a month later, revisit things and start looking at a calendar and start figuring out where you are mentally, physically, and, and what would what would get you excited again. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I also think doing things that are non-workout related that maybe you're ignoring during your training cycle, yeah. pushing aside, yeah. and it could be, um, you know, cleaning out your closet because it's time to switch over from summer to fall or, mm-hmm. you know, winter stuff, or it could be finally going to see Dunkirk because you never could stay up late enough to watch it, right. you know, that, that sort of thing, yeah. you know, so I guess that's not really a stress reliever going to see Dunkirk, but, um, right. you know, some other, some other movie, so. Go see uh, Atomic Blonde. Oh, right. that was so good. Oh, you saw, oh, I didn't know you saw it. Yeah, oh. really good. <laughs> you still can't remember the actress's name. Well, it's not Scarlett Johansson. It's the other Scarlett Johansson, right. whatever her name Charlie. is. They're on. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we had this conversation last <laughs> night. Um, so, uh, but yeah, but, or, you know, going out to happy hour with your friends because there are always things that you push off when you're in a big training cycle, you know, or saying, okay, honey, now, you know, I'll, I'll read to the kids every night before bed or something, you know, yeah, or yeah. P- playing those games of Battleship that you couldn't bear to put yeah, up with. That'll so. get you back into a training cycle. <laughs> <laughs> We're in, a, we're in a battleship uh, uh, 20 questions mode right now in our family. So. Well, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, but but it is so, gosh, I specifically remember after my first couple marathons, gosh, that post-race slump, it just hits you. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. you just are like, oh, mar, mar, now what? Right, um, right. But then, but now I think maybe because I'm getting older, I'm like, woohoo, the race is over. <laughs> I don't have to train anymore. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that, and boy, do I love a taper nowadays, too, compared to what I, what I used to. Right, I know. Yeah, all these 30-somethings are like, gosh, I'm going crazy. Right. The temper, cra- temper, you know. Yeah, I'd never I never don't relate at all that. now. The temper or the taper crazy. Paper crazies, yeah. Oh. oh my goodness. One last thing, Amanda, with the the training slump and all this, uh, and Sarah, you can speak to this too. Having a personal coach, do you think that helps with that training slump? Like, gets you more excited, and to have like the one on one person oh. cheering you on. Oh, I think that definitely can be helpful because um, you can, you know, kind of 
sound off with them, um, you know, go right to them and, 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 uh, you know, get their feedback and, and yeah, they, you know, it's part, part cheerleader role, right? The coaching role. So, yeah. yeah. And also they're watching your, um, really diving to your stats, like on training peaks in particular. Yeah. So then they, you know, the coach can modify things on a week by week basis. But I have to say that, um, so I admit that it's been a while since I've been on, um, a one size fits all training plan, like the train, like a mother club ones are. And, and the plan I'm on, you wrote Amanda, and it is, and I'm not sucking up to you. It is a brilliant plan. I'm so I feel glad you're enjoying so, it. I feel so strong. That's awesome. Like, and just, it, and I, the other day I was having to, um, I guess I was, it was, I think it was a, um, it was that Tuesday run. There was five miles at, you know, a quote unquote easy pace and then four miles at race pace you know, so nine miles total on a Tuesday for heaven's right, sakes. Right. <laughs> and, and about two and a half miles into the race pace, I thought, who am I that I can run this pace? And it feels so natural. Like, I don't ever feel like you had a whole bunch of like, today's the day we're working on getting faster. Right. And yet somehow I have. That's and so great. Yeah. And so it, so my hat is off to you. And then also, um, I do like being able to communicate with you. Uh, you know, I use Twitter as my medium, um, as some people do. Um, and, um, <laughs> and so, uh, but you know, on Facebook, I know that a lot of people ask you a lot of questions on Facebook. So just having, it's a nice hybrid of, of, um, you know, getting, you know, interaction with the coach without having to pay for a private one on one. Right, so, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really excited for you. That's it's going to be oh, fun good. to see what you do at Twin Cities. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. she looks really strong. She looks oh. really confident. I'm again. I'm really sorry. I'm not going, but yeah. I'm going to be following uh, the, all the runners from AMR on whatever I can to, to see how people are doing. Oh, so even though sweet, I yeah. won't be there, just know I'll be watching and cheering for you with, with a little tear in the corner of my <laughs> eye, maybe a beer in the other hand, to wash away the sorrows, but I'll be cheering Don't worry about Molly, Sarah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we will uh, be thinking of you uh, next week when you come out for Hood to Coast. Thanks, Amanda, thanks. So. Um, and I'm, I yeah. am counting on that cooler forecast thank you very much oh my gosh we have oh it's been great running weather this week mm-hmm. oh my goodness it's just see, been that that's what worries me this week is mm-hmm. nice <laughs> so oh see no oh no 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 in, in oregon oh, you yeah. don't get that you don't get that like oh this is a freak week no, it's like no 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 this is this, where yeah the, the hot weather was the freak the you know the fires that was kind of a bummer so there was you know it was um quite smoky for yeah. a while but yeah um yeah, no, I had cloud cover all Saturday morning for my 20 miler. And I was just very grateful for that. So nice. Um, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be so, good. So, all right. Thank you so much, Amanda. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Amanda always is the sane voice of reason. She always just is very calm, measured. It really, it really calms me. She sure is. She yeah. knows her stuff, doesn't she? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Amanda's. Um, so, um, which leads us to the Tlam Club. Let's see what Dimity and those folks are up to. Oh, it's that time again. It's Dimity here in Denver with your Train Like a Mother Club corner. If you are a strict runner, meaning that you run, you are training for a running race, you probably are not racing in August. Uh, that is not the case with our mother triathletes in the triathlon part of the Train Like a Mother Club. August is a month full of triathlons and um, 
it is not always easy, especially when you hit the run at you know 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning and the sun's already high in the sky and the humidity is already blaring up to 90 degrees or 90%. Um, but these women are getting it done and it's really fun to see the race reports come in. This one uh, is just something not exactly a race report, but very relatable. It's from Nadia, who is a uh, Canadian mother runner. And she says, um, a funny thing, I got my finisher pictures and I mostly felt like I looked fat. I'm just being honest here. You don't need to comment on the fat part. The good stuff is coming, so keep reading. Two weeks go by and she decides to look again. In the first five kilometers of her bike ride, they climbed the Niagara Escarpment. She said, it's the toughest climb I've ever ever done. Most people walked and I did not. This picture shows me at my lowest point. My form is crap and I'm breathing like I'm dying. And, um, you know, the visual here is she does not look fat, of course, by any stretch. She looks strong. She looks like she's working hard, though, in this picture. She's kind of hunched over and she is um, definitely in that place where she is just, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to keep pushing the pedals around no matter how long it takes me. So, so the picture shows her at her lowest point. And then she says, but I am passing a guy walking his bike. He quit. And I did not, which I just was like, oh, that gives me the chills. I love that. Uh, and it's a very, very clear that that she's going to pass him. And he's kind of, you know, he's hurting, too. It looks like a tough climb. <laughs> um, and uh, and then Laura says, uh, that's right. He quit and you absolutely did not. Amazing. My uh, BFF took some candid posts um, on race day and I looked pregnant. I blowed out by the end of any race really badly. It was kind of embarrassing, but how can we not look past that to our amazing accomplishments? I'm happy that you saw the Bammer triathlete in this picture because that's what I see. And that's what we see too in all of you guys. So have a great week. Congratulations, Nadia, on your race and Laura on your race. Hope you guys have a good rest of your week and we will see you next week. Hey, I got an idea for keeping things fresh and exciting. How about entering a different type of race? Like, say, a Ragnar Trail. You can enter to win one of seven spots on an AMR Ragnar Trail team. If you're chosen to be part of the team of badass mother runners, you'll convene in Florida in early December to run three legs on trail loops. So that, that means when you're not running, you're hanging out with your teammates and all the other Ragnarians in one central location. It's like a big kind of camping meets party um, with some running. You know, when tag you're it, you have to go out and run your loop and then come back and hand off to another teammate who goes out. Um, as part of this giveaway that we're having our site, you get all sorts of swag from us, including Belega socks, CEP compression wear, noon electrolyte tablets, a Ragnar training plan from the, say it with me, training like a mother club one of our badass mother runner tops and more to enter this giveaway go to anothermotherrunner.com and search for ragnar trail or follow the link in the podcast podcast description on our site the deadline for entry is august 23 our podcast is a member of the acast network and our show today was produced in portland oregon by alex ward from sounds like pictures many happy miles <laughs> <laughs>